Blog Talk Radio. What's your definition of greatness? I think the definition of greatness is to inspire the people next to you. My parents were, were great. You know, growing up, you know, they instilled in me the importance of imagination, of curiosity. And understanding that, okay, if you want to accomplish something, I'm not just going to sit here and say, yes, you can do whatever you want. Yes, you can, but you have to also put in the work to get there. You grow up as a kid thinking that all things are possible if you put in the work to do it. You, know, you grow up having that fundamental belief. My father uh, was really influential at a really critical time where I, you know, I had a summer where I played basketball when I was like 10 or 11 years old. And here I come playing and I don't score one point the entire summer. I scored not a free throw, not a nothing, not a lucky shot, not a breakaway layup, zero points. And I remember crying about it, being upset about it. And my father just gave me a hug and said, listen, whether you score zero or score 60, I'm going to love you no matter what. That is the most important thing that you can say to a child. It gives me all the confidence in the world to fail. But to hell with that, I'm scoring 60. From there, I just went to work. And I just wow. I stayed with it. I kept practicing, kept practicing, kept practicing. I think that's when the idea of understanding a long-term view became important. Because I wasn't going to catch these kids in a week. I wasn't going to catch them in a year. right? So that's when I sat down and said, okay, this is going to take some thought started creating a menu of things. Mm. When I came back the next summer, I was a little bit better. Open shots, not miss open shots. Be able to shoot it with speed because those kids are so much more athletic. So it's a simple thing of math. If you want to be a great player, if you play every single day, two, three hours, every single day over the course of a year, how much better are you getting? If you're obsessively training two, three hours every single day over a year, over two years, you make quantum leaps. Show up every single day, do the work. They're looking at me as if, okay, this kid's soft, right? He's from the suburbs of Philadelphia. They felt like they could try to be physical or try to intimidate me and do all this other stuff, which they couldn't. Now I'm saying, okay, well, you're trying to attack me. How am I going to attack you? One of the things I would do is, while everybody would be at the cafeteria work, you know, eating and doing all sorts of stuff, I'd just go back to the gym. Yeah, I may be from the suburbs, but you're not going to outwork me. Right, look at thing, things at their smallest. A lot of times the game starts moving really fast. But if you train yourself to watch hours and hours of film, the game's not moving that fast anymore. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's an obsessiveness that comes along with it. You want things to be as perfect as they can be. Understanding that nothing is ever perfect. But the challenge is try to get them as perfect as they can be. So how can we teach our children what it means to work hard? Well, you do it through training. Right? So when I get up in the morning, my daughter goes with me. 4 a.m., my 15-year-old goes with me. It becomes a daddy-daughter thing. Through that process, she understands the value of hard work. So it's through those behaviors uh, um, is where I find the motivation to mm. do it. Well, what does losing feel like to you? Uh, it's exciting because it means you have different um, ways to get better. There are certain things that you can figure out 
that you can take advantage of, right? Certain weaknesses that were exposed. Mm. There are answers there if you just look at them. It's a constant process. It's exciting when you win, it's exciting when you lose because the process should be exactly the same. The hardest thing is to face that stuff. I think it's the fear of, of starting anew. When you play for 20 years, I play for 20 years, you reach a certain level, you're like, okay, wait a minute, I have to start again at the base of a mountain and try to climb the top of this mountain. First of all, what mountain am I climbing? I don't even know, like, what the hell am I going to be doing? The thing that helped me actually was hurting my Achilles because that forced me to sit there and say, okay, the day could be today that your career is over. First question I asked, which is the wrong question, is what's the biggest industry I can get into? I said, okay, stop thinking of it that way. You're thinking of it the wrong way. Why did you start playing basketball? Because I loved it. All right, what do you love to do? Oh, I love to tell stories. Mm. All right, let's do that. I think stories is what moves the world. Nothing in this world moves without story. And so I think that is the root of everything. And if we're going to try to make the world a better place, Story's the right place to yeah. start. From uh, one of my English teachers at Lower Marion named uh, uh, Mr. Fisk. He had a great quote that said, rest at the end, not in the middle. And that's something I always live by. I'm not going to rest. I'm going to keep on pushing now. There are a lot of answers that I don't have. Even questions that I don't have. But I'm just going to keep going. It's going to keep going, and I'll figure these things out as you go, right? And you just continue to build that way. So I, I try to live by that all the time.
Russell Simmons was born in Queens, New York in 1957. He had two brothers and was the son of Howard University graduates. Growing up in the middle-class Hollis neighborhood in Queens, the corner closest to Russell's home was a local drug exchange. This led Simmons to spend part of his youth in a street gang and dealing marijuana. In the years that followed, he hung out at the dance clubs of New York's outer boroughs, where the music was predominantly disco. Here he began his first real job selling fake cocaine. Simmons was at one of these clubs in 1977 when he saw how wild the crowd went over one song from an early rapper named DJ Eddie Chiba, and he decided that this was the sound of the future, his future. Simmons was intrigued by the new phenomenon. This new movement had come out of the roughest Bronx and Harlem neighborhoods, where performers sang their own rhymes over classic disco funk tracks, and it was called rap. Before there were rap records, and he was a great performer, and I saw him, and my man was promoting these parties. That was his job, and it, you know, it was a, it could get in the club free. You know, he was, you, you know, you could. It was the girls liked the promoter, <laughs> so it was, it was a good job. You know, and it was a, I had a little, <laughs> good work if you can yeah, get it. Right, right. So, but the music, you know, and the artists, the poetry, that what they were doing back then was, was you know, was something I'd never seen that was inspired me. Russell Simmons began his music career with The Force, a group that promoted parties in Harlem and Queens. The group was joined by cool DJ Kurt, who Simmons went on to manage, persuading him to change his name to Curtis Blow. Simmons began hailing him as the number one rapper in Queens, showing his early flair for a good marketing angle. Around this time, Simmons then decided to start his management company, Rush Management. Also at this time, Rapper's Delight by the Sugar Hill Gang was the first ever hip-hop record on the charts and was storming the country. Although the Sugar Hill Gang's success was viewed as a fluke by the industry, Simmons couldn't get anyone to play Curtis Blow's song. Despite the early lack of interest, Simmons persisted and eventually scored a deal for him with Mercury. This was the first major label deal for a rap artist. He then built on his early management success by working with other New York acts. The company's roster eventually included many important artists in rap's first wave, including Curtis Blow, LL Cool J, and the Beastie Boys. However, it was his brother's group that put Russell Simmons on the map. His brother Joey was the run in Run DMC, which had a loose yet aggressive style of rapping that was also full of wit and incisive social commentary. The group's first single, It's Like That, was released in 1983 and set the tone for the decade. In 1986, Simmons scored a major coup when Run DMC released My Adidas, a single extolling the virtues of the group's famous footwear. Simmons negotiated a multi-million dollar endorsement deal for Run DMC with Adidas, the first of many synergies between hip-hop culture and mass market branding. his brother's group immensely successful, especially after he teamed with a white college student from Long Island, heavy rock lover Rick Rubin, and launched Def Jam Records in 1985. With their first office located in Rubin's dormitory room at New York University, they combined their taste for raw, hard rap with a strong sense of street style, 
and the duo were the first big players on the rap music scene, bringing it to the American mainstream culture. The label's first single was from LL Cool J, I Need a Beat, which in 1985 led to them signing a distribution deal with CBS, giving Def Jam a national retail profile. The label flourished in 1986 when the Beastie Boys' first album, Licensed to Ill, became the first rap album to top the national pop charts. Between 1985 and 1990, Def Jam grew into the biggest and most influential rap label in the music business. We started a record company because we wanted to manage the process differently. We wanted to have some say-so. We wanted to make albums, not just singles. We wanted to develop artists that had lasting and stable careers, not just, you know, like disco records. I mean, disco mentality managed a lot of the early rap. And you don't want the people who thought that they had a record and not a star. We saw the Beastie Boys were stars. We saw LL Cool J, Slick Rick, whoever, Public Enemy. They were stars. They weren't just records. And having spent my whole life loving and appreciating the culture, I see what great contributions it makes. It's made to society today, and what it's done for race relations. You know, to see the Beastie Boys go on tour with Run DMC early on, what that meant. It really made a difference in this generation. Since the early 80s, Simmons has been known for his sharp ear and ability to predict the next big thing in music. He helped bring the Beastie Boys to a wider audience and even revived the careers of rock act Aerosmith when Run DMC covered their 1975 hit, Walk This Way. with such performers as Will Smith, when he was still the rapper known as Fresh Prince, as well as Public Enemy, to mainstream success. Yet he claimed he didn't invent the rap genre. He explained he was just the first to believe that the artist was bigger than the song. Simmons' personal style as a music manager involved being extremely hands-on, with everything creative, from the artist's image, to the record, to the name. But one cannot forget that Russell is a true hustler, with a sharp mind, intense passion, and great creative flair. The main essence of Simmons' success is introducing trends started among African-American youth to a broader audience, and he prides himself on retaining visibility even as a middle-aged business leader. He continues as a social and political activist, expanding rush communications, which includes an array of businesses that include a credit card company and an energy drink. It seems Russell will never stop expanding his businesses and seeking to make a difference socially, focusing in particular on today's youth. You're listening to the new Evolution Radio Network, where the evolution is the revolution. This is the Sunday Motivational Video. Every Sunday, we bring you a different type of video which should improve your life. Today, we're looking at 15 Things You Should Know When Starting a Business. Welcome to ALUX.com, the place where future billionaires come to get inspired. Hello, Aluxers. We continue our Sunday Motivational Series here with a video targeted to those who are planning to or have just started their first business. 
Our goal with these videos has always been to provide you, the Alexers, with a bit more clarity on what you should expect on your journey to success. After asking you guys, what do you believe would have the greatest impact? Most of you suggested that you're planning on starting your first business or company, so a heads up or a game plan would be beneficial. Now let's just get this out of the way early on. Starting a business is not for everyone. Some people possess a particular set of traits which just fit better with the entrepreneurial template than others. You can be happy and successful by working for someone else. It all depends on who you are as a person. If you believe you're destined to be an entrepreneur and looking to start a business, this video will help you to figure out both a game plan and double check your existing beliefs. The problem we found when researching for this video is that most articles on this topic tend to shy away from the hard to swallow truths and basically all of them regurgitate the same information. If we did it, we had to do it differently. We structured this video so that it's perfect for everyone who's in the beginning stages of their company. And if there's enough interest, we could do a part two, adding a few more points. If you're new here, welcome. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Alux. With that said, here are 15 things you should know when starting a business. Number one, talk is cheap. Nobody cares about what you're planning to do until you do it. We get hundreds of emails from people who say they plan on launching a company. Even among your friends, we're sure that at least a couple of them say they plan on starting a new project and even give you a glimpse into what that would look like. How many of them actually did anything about it? We can answer that. One in 60 people. For every 60 people that say they plan on starting a business, only one actually does it. The rest just talk about something they'll never end up doing. Most people will find excuses, saying it's not the right time or whatever reason they find, but the result is always the same. The world doesn't care about what you plan on doing. The world doesn't run on wishful thinking. No matter how many times you read The Secret, the world works on people getting things done. Talk is cheap, Aluxers. Instead, let your work speak for you. Number two, an idea isn't worth anything before it yields results. An idea is worth a million dollars only after it makes one million dollars. Newsflash, Aluxers, ideas are free. Everyone has ideas, tons of them actually. They're not that special. Talk to anyone around you and they can immediately bring up five ideas of businesses or projects. But as we've mentioned in the previous point, since everyone has multiple ideas, there is an abundance of them. Most of them are actually good ideas, but that doesn't mean they're worth anything. Ideas are worthless unless they are paired with the right execution. Let me put it this way. A good idea with poor execution. Not only will it not yield any positive results, it'll end up consuming resources and time. Meanwhile, a mediocre idea with a great execution will become a viable business. It's very rare that good ideas and great execution meet, and they almost never happen both in the early stages. You start with a simple idea, which in time could evolve into a good one, but execution is everything. Just because an idea sounds great to you doesn't mean the world will think so as well. We recommend you find unbiased opinions. Don't listen to your friends and family because they care about you and they'll sing your praises. If you want real feedback on your idea, ask people to front you the money. You'll find out that everybody says an idea is good and they'll pay for something like that until you actually ask them to put their money where their mouth is. 
Don't be protective of your idea. It's not that special. It all depends on your ability to execute. Also, you don't need a revolutionary idea to get rich. You don't have to reinvent sliced bread to have a successful bakery. Facebook wasn't the first social network, and delivering food to customers is not revolutionary. You just need to execute it better than your competitors. Number three, nobody cares about your business more than you. And they never will, no matter how much money you throw at them. Your business is the product of your dreams, your desires, and your need to materialize something you truly believe in. You might inspire people to join your cause, but nobody will ever want this business to succeed as much as you do. This is something really important to consider in the very early stages, especially if the business has multiple founders. If you partner with other people in order to build it, every single one of these members needs to want it as bad as you do and be willing to give whatever it takes. So many times we see best friends teaming up in order to start a business, only to realize six months in that one of them really isn't that passionate about the idea and wants to move on to something else. Partners can be a great thing, especially if they can fill up a void in your skill set. But with every person you bring in, remember that you're slicing up the pie as well. Rarely do you see businesses started by a single founder. The upside is that you get to keep all the rewards. The downside is it's going to be a lot more exhausting than you think. No matter which way you're moving forward, think of your team as a chess set. You want as many of them to be around you when you win, but you don't refrain from sacrificing some of them if otherwise you're going to lose the game. Number four, you don't need money to start a business. You are the business in the beginning. This is one of those things that stop people from starting out. They all think you need a ton of money to get started. This is because most people look at the final stage of the company, the part where you have a ton of employees, marketing teams, multiple products, raw materials, and registered intellectual property. That's not how businesses are started. They start with one person, you, hustling your butt off and growing as the journey progresses. You can start a business with under $100. In the description of this video, we'll link to a book that proves multiple business models all started on a shoestring budget. If you don't even have $100 to start with, get a one-month job or add value to people in any way you can so they can pay you the small amount. What you need to understand is that in the beginning, you have a lot of time. That is your main resource. You will convert your time into money and use that money to get more resources. It's pretty straightforward if you think about it. Number five, be ready to make sacrifices. Something most people don't realize when starting a business is the amount of work and sacrifices which are needed to turn this into a success. Most people start a business because they don't want to work for a boss. They want to be the boss. They despise having to work the nine to five, so they do something about it. It doesn't take long to realize that instead of working eight hours a day, you're now working 16 hours a day, every day, including the weekends, and you can barely sleep at night because you worry so much about the future. Yes, creating a successful company leads to a way better life than you would have had otherwise, but those rewards don't come for free. The moment you start a business, it needs to become priority number one if you want to have a shot at success. Your social circle is gone. Your family will see you less. It will take a toll on your health, and that's just the beginning. If you're curious to learn which are the 15 sacrifices you need to make if you want to be rich, click in the top right corner. We give you a unique perspective on the issue, and don't hold back on the truth. Number six, build smart from the beginning. 
If the foundation of the company is crippled, it doesn't matter how high you plan on going, it's bound to fail. This is something you should definitely consider when starting out. A smart business will check at least some of the following boxes. 1. It doesn't have a demand ceiling, which means that as you grow, you will always have customers. This used to be a problem with some small specialized shops in locked areas. If you were the only one selling blue hats to a small town, at one point you would reach a certain ceiling where sales cannot be increased anymore. People only need one blue hat and at some point in time you will sell one to every person in town. No more growth. 2. Every part of your business is replaceable which means the business can survive if one of your future employees or one of your suppliers decides to leave. 3. Your business can scale. You have a clear plan on how you can increase production as the demand increases. 4. There is a clear direction for the business. Both you and your employees understand what you're working toward. Number 7. People should free up your time so you can focus on your strengths. Don't be an employee in your own business. One of the most common mistakes people make is they trade their job for another one, this time in their own company. When you're starting out, you are the first employee. You need to get your hands dirty so you understand, optimize, and perfect the system. At the previous point we talked about, building a smart business, which means once you have your entire process figured out, Break it into smaller, interconnected systems, then find people onto which you can unload that specific part of the chain. Your employees are here to make sure that the engine is running while you're holding onto the steering wheel, getting everyone to the promised land. The founder should be in charge of innovation and business growth. Your job as the founder is to figure out ways this business can grow, so everyone who works for you gets paid. That's your job. Their job is to make sure they take care of the day-to-day -day so you can focus on your job. In the early stage, you'll feel the need to micromanage everything, but this keeps you away from the most important task you have, which is growth. Every individual who moves into entrepreneurship has some traits they can use to their advantage. These are your strengths. Identify them and put them to work. Use them to get the biggest return on your time. Number 8. Fail fast and adapt quickly. Be ready for things to not go according to plan. You are a novice at this, so you need to keep in mind that there are many things that you have yet to learn. There are going to be plenty of bumps in the road, but if you're serious about this being your life, you need to keep going. You need to rethink the way you look at failure and what failure actually is. For us, failure is not achieving our dream life. Everything else is just a part of the game. Think about your journey as gathering data so you can make a more educated decision on the future. 8 out of 10 businesses fail in the first 18 months. This is because 1. They hit a bump so big they decide to call it quits. And 2. They fail to adapt to their newfound reality. A great example is Nokia. For those of you who don't know the history of the brand, they used to be a rubber manufacturer before moving into technology. Their rubber factories were struggling, so they adapted to a newfound opportunity. A few years later, they failed to adapt to the changing environment of the smartphone and almost bankrupted the company. This giant that once dominated the space is now fighting for breadcrumbs left by those willing to fail faster and adapt quicker. Number 9. Long-term success depends on your ability to manage your resources. 
Life is a lot like a strategy game. You have several resources at your disposal. Your time, your willpower, your ability to work, maybe some money, and some people you know. This is the hand you've been dealt. It's time to make the most out of it. Don't complain about not having enough to begin with. Yes, there are other players who've been dealt a better hand, but you have your own storyline. You have your own journey, and your challenge is to make the most with the resources you have. Many people undervalue time. Time is a resource we've all been dealt equally. You have the same 24 hours in a day as Beyonce or Elon Musk. It's up to you to use them wisely. The best players are those who are strategic with the way they make use of everything they have at their disposal. If you're disciplined enough, you can get out of any hole and start building yourself a ladder towards the sky. Number 10. The right mentor is worth 10 years of struggles. They've walked the road you're on right now. They know where the potholes are. They know what's up ahead, and you'd be a fool not to leverage their knowledge in your journey. You need people who inspire you, that have done the things you're about to do. Analyze them. Study them. See what nuggets of gold you can extract from their experiences. If you're lucky enough, serious enough, prove that you're worthy enough, one of them might become your mentor. Think of mentors like power-ups. Things get so much easier when you have one. The mistake new entrepreneurs usually make is they try to get a mentor too early when they just have an idea. Please remember the first two items on this list. Talk is cheap and ideas are worthless without action. A good mentor will want to see the results first. They're not going to waste their own time and resources betting on a horse they've never seen run before. That's why it's important for you to get a bit of traction, to have some experience, so they can see what they're getting themselves into. Now, if this is something you're interested in, we made an incredible video on why it is important to have a mentor and how to get one. You can watch it by clicking in the top right corner. Number 11. There are no shortcuts to any place worth going. Don't try to cheat the game because it's hard. We're fascinated by people who jump from business to business, from shiny thing to shiny thing, because they're looking to get rich quick. Even if they settle on a business, they never put in the work. Instead, they spend most of their time looking for shortcuts, for loopholes. Real value comes from building a solid foundation and laying brick next to brick until you put together your dream. You can easily see this on social media. There are so many Instagram profiles with millions of followers which only get a few hundred likes and several comments per post. People want the cake, but they're not willing to learn the recipe and how to bake one when the others offer them a cardboard cutout of a cake. They take it because they don't understand what a real cake is. If you're trying to cheat the game, you're just cheating yourself. Number 12. Keeping your head down and grinding is what will make or break you. The only thing you are in complete control over is yourself. It's easy to see some initial results and let it get to your head. There's a difference between winning a battle and winning the war. You should be playing the long game. Sure, celebrate your wins, but the next day it's back in the trenches, day in and day out, until you have achieved the life you started all of this for. We can't stress enough how important self-discipline is, especially when you're building your life. Success is the sum of small actions repeated every day for extended periods of time. That's why you need to keep grinding, keep learning, stay humble, and keep your eyes on that goal. 
If self-discipline is something you've always struggled with, last Sunday we published a video on just that. It took us multiple weeks to narrow down the process of mastering self-discipline, and without being biased or anything, it's probably one of the best resources available on this topic. Click in the top right corner to check it out. Number 13. Sales solve all of your problems. Sales are the gas to your machinery. Without it, you're just left with a pile of scrap metal. As a new entrepreneur, it's easy to get sidetracked into marketing, branding, social media presence. They all help, but that's not what keeps the lights on. Your job is to bring money from the marketplace into your company and use it to grow. Remember the saying, money makes the world go round? Well, without it, your business isn't going anywhere. It's shocking to us how many people leave the sales part out of their business for later. They have no idea how they're going to make money or if people are actually willing to pay. You need better equipment? Get more sales. You need better marketing? Get more sales. You need a better accountant? Get more sales so you can afford one. There are very few problems which sales cannot solve in a business, and that's why getting paid should be your number one priority. Number 14. Raise capital from investors only when you can't do it by yourself. Mark Cuban has a great saying and it goes something like this. The first time you raise money, that's the first time you lost because you were unable to do it organically. We have a lot of acquaintances in the technology space and they all celebrate their funding rounds like they won. What did you win? You just gave away 40% of your company in exchange for a little bit of cash, which you would waste in less than 12 months. Don't get us wrong, having access to capital is amazing, but it's not something that should be your main focus. We know entrepreneurs who spend more time trying to raise money than actually working on their product and business. But instead, if you spend all your energy improving your product and getting sales, you wouldn't need an investor taking a large chunk of your business, or at least get a better valuation. There are strategic moments when a business can no longer grow or survive without external capital, but this should not be something a new company is dealing with. Do it yourself. Figure it out. Bootstrap and get creative. It'll teach you more about your business than anything else. Number 15. A business without an end game is headed nowhere. Why are you building this? When do you know you've made it? What is the goal of the company? What are your personal goals related to this company? Will this company be sold at some point? Do you wish to maintain this as a company business? These are all questions you should be able to answer even at day one of your business because it puts everything else into perspective. All your actions you will take from this point forward should align with this goal. You need a game plan. Without it, you're just going to be shooting in the dark. Businesses where the founder knows what the end game is not only have a better shot at success, but evolve quicker. It will take you less time to get to wherever it is you're going because you know what to measure for and focus all of your energy on checking off those boxes. Now, these are just some of the things most aged entrepreneurs would have wanted to know when they were starting out. If you're planning on being a multimillionaire or even a billionaire, these 15 should become a part of your mindset as much as your goal has. Now, we're curious to know, Alexers, are you planning on starting a business or do you already have one? Please share some details in the comments section. We love doing these Sunday motivational videos because we craft them specifically on the things which could have the biggest impact into the lives of our community members. 
As a reward for sticking around all the way to the end, you know you've earned a bonus point. Number 16. Don't worry about the legal part in the beginning. You'll figure it out as you grow. Legal and finance are both important in the long run, but to be honest, you don't need to worry about any of that at the beginning. Most people don't start a business because they believe they have to go through so much paperwork that it's better to just quit before even getting started. You should try out your business idea first. Experiment with it. See if you can get anyone interested enough to become a client of your product or service. You should incorporate. Start a formal company. Only when things are getting serious or you want to play the game for real. Think of your early days like a trial period where you get to experience what a business might look like without all the add-ons. You'll know when the business is ready for a complete package. Hopefully, things will move fast for you and you'll quickly understand why it is better to form a certain type of company versus another. If you've watched this video up to this point, we kindly request that you let us know what type of business you run or plan on starting, plus the words, end game. So we know you're a true Aluxer and we can talk to you guys directly. Thank you for spending some time with us, Aluxers. Make sure to like and subscribe so you never miss another video. We also handpicked these. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team fucking here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. Nigga, started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team here. Nigga, started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team fucking here. I done kept it real from the jump. Living at my mama house, we'd argue every month, nigga I was trying to get it on my own Working all night, traffic on the way home And my uncle calling me like, where you at? I gave you the keys, so you bring it right back, nigga I just think it's funny how it goes Now I'm on the road, half a million for a show And we started from the bottom, now we're here Started from the bottom, now my whole team fucking here Started from the bottom, now we're here Started from the bottom, now the whole team here, nigga. Started from the bottom, now we here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team fucking here. Started from the bottom, now we here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here, nigga. Always tell stories about the man. Say I never struggled, wasn't hungry, yeah I got it, nigga. I can turn your boy into the man. There ain't really much out here that's popping up without us, nigga. We just want the credit where it's due. I'ma worry about me, give a fuck about you, nigga Just as a reminder to myself I wear every single chain, even when I'm in the house Cause we started from the bottom, now we're here Started from the bottom, now my whole team fucking here Started from the bottom, now we're here Started from the bottom, now the whole team here, nigga No new niggas, nigga, we don't feel that Fuck a fake friend, where your real friends at? We don't like to do too much explaining Story stay the same, I never changed it No new niggas, nigga, we don't feel that Fuck a fake friend, where your real friends at? We don't like to do too much explaining Story stay the same through the money and the fame Cause we started from the bottom, now we here Started from the bottom, now my whole team fucking here Started from the bottom, now we here Started from the bottom, now the whole team here Nigga, started from the bottom, now we here Started from the bottom, now my whole team here, nigga. Started from the bottom, now we here. 
Started from the bottom, now the whole team here, nigga. brother is so hard to catch up. We've been trying to get him on Washington Watch for a long time, and I had to do so. Come all the way to California to the 2011 All-Star Game to hook up with Russell Simmons. He's got a new book out. It is Super Rich, A Guide to Having It All. Russell, welcome to Washington Watch. Thank you, brother. You know, I was in Washington, and I missed you. I know that. So that's what I'm saying. And so I, I called ahead and everything. I, so I you're, understand. You're a little tough to catch as well. Well, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Let's, let's jump right into it. I've, uh, I've heard many different interviews. I've read different interviews. I talked to you on Tom during the morning show. Yeah. And your critics, the first thing they say, Russell, you got it all. You got money. You're getting paid. So how all of a sudden are you now deciding to tell people there's a different way to have it all? When you hear that, what do you say? Well, I, I think that that criticism is legitimate. I hear it so often. I, I don't think it, it, it's, uh, it, it makes real good sense since your mother and your, your father and your, your preacher, your rabbi, iman, or right. your, your prophet, your scripture, all told you that it, having it all comes from within. Mm-hmm. And so it's told to you over and over again. I mean, of course, people forget, but in, it's etched in stone. You know, it's in each prophet's mouth and each, and each uh, teaching. So this book is about the, the, the same truth that you already have etched inside you. The, the idea is to have it ring a bell. Here's what, here's what jumps out. Uh, I was at a church in Dallas several years ago, uh, and they honored the member of the year. This woman didn't have a car, didn't have much money. But the pastor said whenever somebody was sick, she was always at the hospital first. Uh, when his father died, uh, she was there taking care of him. And what they talked about was they said she, she, was a, she had a prosperous spirit. Now, when people hear spiritual prosperity, it, it, what's interesting is this woman, the pastor said she didn't have a lot of money. She didn't have cars, but her spirit was prosperous because she was a giving woman. There is, there is a, part, a point in the book that was uh, tough for me because I wanted to make sure that people got this message. I didn't want to tell them that you could have a prosperous spirit and you would be happy, and that was all. Because I know that is not attractive to a lot of us. Mm-hmm. A lot of us are entitled. We need to empower ourselves. And maybe if we believe at the end there's some payoff, then we'll start to walk a, a different path. I can remind you that, of course, the story of Puffy is in that book, the story of Leo Cohen, the story of Kevin Lyles, the story of... Julie Greenwald, the story of Michael Kaiser, all these people were my intern became president. Right. The story of David Geffen as an as a intern working in the mailroom, all those stories are in the book. But those stories about people who went to work and they were focused on the present, they were giving, they were making sure everybody was better right. as interns. And when you make sure everybody's better as an intern, you study your craft, one day you're the leader. You're still a servant, but they look to you for leadership because you're making them better. But the struggle seems to be, for a lot of people, uh, they see it as 100% this, 100% that. So, for instance, I, I'll talk to people and they'll say, uh, uh, well, you know, you know, I want to have a bigger house, want to have more money. And I say, look, I understand it. I get that. But if you don't have a sense of happiness inside, if you don't have a sense of contentment, then even when you get that, you still may not be content. You still may not be happy, and you still might be miserable. See, I would contend, and this is a, people would say this is more Eastern philosophy, but it's, it's written in the Bible and the Quran and the Torah as well. The contentment is not partly inside, as a result. You know, and it, there is nothing on the outside that will make you 
happy. Money does not make you happy under any circumstance. Mm -hmm. Happy does make you money, though, this attractive giver. What, what jumps out, one thing, uh, in writing this where you said, wow, this is where I am today. This is where I used to be. And even I'm surprised about that growth, that evolution. What I learned is that when I look back and I'm trying to explain what it is that, that, that promotes this kind of prosperity or this kind of happiness inside, I can look back now after having read scripture and look and say, well, this is what they mean. Like we talk about being awake or fully awake and what I call super rich is a state of needing mm -hmm. nothing. The same thing could be described, uh, nirvana would be the state of needing nothing or a state of yoga or Christ consciousness, a state of needing nothing. It's a blissful state. When does that happen? So there's a chapter called Work is Prayer, to make work your prayer. Because when I was making these records, all I could hear was the melody. I was focused on the melody. Every so often I might break focus. And I'd break focus and I'd think, wait till they hear this. I never thought, when till the money comes. You mentioned stillness. There's a wonderful gospel song called Peace Be Still. Talk a bit about why stillness is so important. It Especially is. in the world now where we have Twitter, Facebook, Blackberries, iPod, iPhone, iPad, Internet, everything. You it's it just moving. Yeah, but you operate from stillness. You have hundreds, hundreds of thoughts going through your head all the time. When a noise settles, they say it's only God. That's mm -hmm. all that's left is mm -hmm. here. And so you need to, every day if possible, let the noise settle. And separate yourself from, and then you operate from a place where you can be the watcher. The yogis refer to the watcher. Where they see their life, and instead of being an extra moved around by the masses or the collective, the collective is, it, you're in the role that you want to play. You can play your own role as opposed to being moved around. How do you feel when people come up to you and literally say, my thought process, my life, my focus has been transformed by something that you wrote. The proceeds of this book go to charity. I run five charities. I run the Foundation for Ethnic Understanding, the Diamond Empowerment Fund, the Hip Hop Seven Action Network, the Rush Philanthropic Art Foundation, the Life Project. I, I run and I work in many other philanthropic mm -hmm. and social and political in, endeavors. Uh, that's what I do. But this book and the last book, I do get that, and the lifting, in, lifting someone's consciousness by even one degree is a very great, great gift. And for me, it is, you know, it is um, the most rewarding thing I can do is to give people a little shift or just a reminder of, of, of the peace of God that's inside them. Are you hopeful, let's do with the issue of music, uh, are, are you hopeful that a bestseller like this, your influence with folks in the industry, could also raise their level of consciousness in terms of what they are distributing? Well, you know, I think that the rapper's job is to tell us what we're thinking as a collective. I don't think that they necessarily have to be the ones to lift us. It's nice when Kanye writes Jesus Walks. But if we're sexist, and we are, and if we're racist, and we are, and if we're homophobic, and we are, and we're violent, and, and, a, and a rapper brings some of that into his poetry, mm -hmm. It's a look at some part of us we don't like to see. And I would say that the rappers are already less sexist, mm -hmm. less racist, less homophobic than the masses, and they're certainly less gangster than our government. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I want them, I want everyone to be lifted. I don't want the poets traditionally have always told us who we are. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't mean just here in America at this moment, but traditionally throughout history, the poets have always been the ones to look inside and, and spit out things that we do, act on, live with, 
and, and try to block out and the poets say it. George Bush don't like white, black people. Doesn't mean it's true. It means that's what people are thinking. So he just said it. He said, why, why did he say that? He said it because everybody's thinking it. So poets have to say after police. Very important to say after police. When there's so much police brutality going along, going on, and mm-hmm. at that moment, and then the next thing, there was a whole review of the relationship between community and police. And so I think the poet's job is to give it to us raw. I don't fault them. They're not ahead of society in violence. They're not ahead of society in sexism or racism. They're certainly less racist and sexist and homophobic and everything else than the previous generation. So, I, you know, I hope that everyone's lifted. I hope that our priests and preachers who are more sexist than most rappers mm-hmm. are, are, are transformed. I hope that there's some people who are, and I think a lot of rappers are talking about it, who realize that the, the, the number two use of oil beside the army all the water, all the grain, the destruction of the ozone layer, all the cancer and sickness and the worst calm in the history of humankind is the animals and the abuse of them. And I think that a lot of rappers are saying that more, more than the, the mainstream. It's our reality. So we do things unconsciously. Rappers bring them up because at least they can be in touch with them. They know them. They see the contradictions. And it's good that they say what they say in many cases. I never uh, am offended by what they say. I'm, I'm hurt sometimes, if, if, I, if, if I can't escape it, I'm sometimes hurt by the things that we do as a collective. But I'm not upset by a poet who exposes it. Folks, the book is called Super Rich, A Guide to Having It All uh, by Russell Simmons. Bestseller. Uh, and so certainly I hope folks uh, continue reading it. But also, as you said, stay on the path of enlightenment.
listening to the New Evolution Radio Network, where the evolution is the revolution. You know, having problems with money does not always mean that you lack money. A, a lot of people who have a lot of material money have a lot of problems with it. And you know, that's the reason sometimes people will say, oh no, I don't think I want a lot of money because I've seen people with a lot of money have a lot of problems with it. Well, I'll tell you, I'd rather have the problems of having money than the problems of not having it. <laughs> You hear the old jingle, things go better with coke, things go better with money, even trouble. <laughs> even trouble goes better with money. <laughs> so don't knock money. You see, that's another thing. And uh, this is why you, ne you need to get the, the Master of Money course, because it tells you things to say about money and things that you're nev never to say about money. By the way, I'm going to give you this word. Here is a terrible word that a lot of people, almost everybody uses concerning money that you need to wash right out of your vocabulary. Are you ready for this one? Okay, put it on the board for me, Terry. Write it big. You are never, ever again to say this about money. You can write it right under there, right on the side somewhere. Never again say Spend money. Spend means it's gone. I've gotten rid of it. I'm not going to see it anymore. Is that what I've been saying? Yes. You, when you say spend every, every, as long as the thought is formed in your mind, spend money, you are dismissing money from you. You're saying, get out of here, money. think that way again. Now, let's have some confession and absolution here. <laughs> yes, we do have confession here, but we don't let you come into a booth and do it. You're listening to the New Evolution Radio Network, where the evolution is the revolution. All right, all right, what's happening? What's happening? Peace to the gods. Welcome to the show. This is the Saturday Vibe. Uh, the Entrepreneur Hour right here on the Revolution Radio Network. I'm your host, Joey Bounce L. Bay, and uh, hopefully we found y'all in good spirits tonight. I'd like to welcome you to the first show that we're doing of this particular segment, uh, which will be every Saturday uh, for the time being, and we will do this show. The show actually starts at 7 o'clock, um, and we normally will have a guest, uh, which we have tonight. And if you'd like to be featured, as an entrepreneur, as our guest entrepreneur, uh, artist, uh, writer, whatever you do, business owner, make sure that you send me an email at makemorecommerce at gmail.com or you can send us an email at newevolutionradio at gmail.com and we'll get you in here and uh, we'll bring you on so that the people can uh, become aware of your services and what you do and what you bring to the table. Because as always, we value entrepreneurs and people who are trying to make their own way out here. <clears throat> so tonight, we uh, we have a guest. 
and he'll come in shortly, and we'll, we'll talk to him a little bit. Young, young brother, he's making his way in the world uh, as an artist, and we'll we'll ask him some questions about his particular genre and what he's got going on and how he makes his way in the music industry. And next week we'll have a uh, producer on who's done some of the big hits that you know about. Okay, we'll bring him on next week. But tonight. We're going to go into a couple of things, as always, that will help you in your journey to becoming a better entrepreneur and a better business person. You know, one of the things that I like to always deal with is what's known as the four agreements, right? And the four agreements are, if not one of the most important things that you can always remember in business, one of the things that you can always utilize in business. And... I find that when you're doing business with people, relationships are everything, right? And so we're going to go over some things tonight that will help you to become a better entrepreneur, better in your business, right? And better in your overall ability to bring in more income for yourself, right? Because the whole goal, obviously, as you know, is to make more income, okay? So uh, we like, I'd like to welcome you. And if you... Uh, you want to get in and holler at me tonight for our guest. Make sure that you press one. Okay. And we'll get you in the queue. All right. So let's go into it, right? We're going to talk about the four agreements. And, you know, the four agreements are, you know, they're, they're, they're very personal agreements that you should have with yourself. And you should also use the four agreements when you're dealing with your clients. Okay. And the first of the four agreements is be impeccable with your word, right? What matters more, what you say to others, what you say to yourself, okay? Do you spread poison to people or are you spreading truth? Do you create with your words and your actions or do you destroy, right? Because see, our word is our bond and our word is really all we have in this world. And other than that, you know, you, you come into this world by yourself, you leave by yourself. So while you're here, the best thing that you can have is your work because your word is your bomb, right? So one of the major things in business, especially developing business relationships with people, is developing trust, right? Because trust is a fragile thing, right? Once you break trust, it's impossible to return it to the original pristine state that it was once in because people always will... Uh, have a slight of opinion about your level of trustworthiness, right? Um, so a major life lesson from Dr. Kim says that things are easy to fix, but broken relationships are not so easy to fix, right? And they, you know, they say uh, trust takes years to build, but it only takes seconds, literally, to break it down, right? And if you've ever dealt with anybody, then you know how easy it is for somebody to break your trust. So, a task you to always be impeccable with your word in business, okay? Now, the second agreement is don't take anything personally, right? It's not all about you, right? And, you know, I like this agreement because when you're dealing in business, it's not all about you. It's about your clients. And, you know, clients understand sometimes when you have to take personal days or you have to do personal things. People are people. People understand these things, right? But 
don't ever take anything personal. See, even when the situation seems to be personal, right? Even if others insult you directly, a lot of times it don't have nothing to do with you, right? What they say, what they do, the opinions they give, according to the agreements, right? That people have with their own minds. So, you know, if you get into it with a customer and the customer cusses you out, calls you a punk ass or talks shit to you, a lot of times it's not you. A lot of times your great customer service or your ability to be impeccable with your word and not take anything personally will allow you to see that most people reflect their inner thoughts on other people. Ain't that something? Right? So their point of view comes from the programming that they receive during domestication. And I, we'll call it programming because that's exactly what it is, right? It's like the matrix. People are programmed to believe what they want to believe. Okay. Now, I want to talk a little bit about contemplation, right? Because, you know, you must always think about what you're doing out here, right? Um, when you make mistakes, what you believe, what do you have to prove, right? So in the face of correction or criticism, you must always consider this, y'all. Number one, if it is valid, Take a deep breath. Listen deeply and remind yourself that it's nothing personal. Just an opportunity to become more self-aware, correct faulty behaviors and faulty-ass thinking, and put the correction to good use in your own life, right? Because, see, the reality of it is that a lot of people don't train their minds for success, Right? A lot of times we train our minds to watch TV, to remember our favorite shows, to eat our favorite foods. You train your mind for sex. People train their minds for all types of mundane shit. But do you train your mind for success? Newsflash, right? It's a newsflash. A lot of people don't. See, personal transformation, y'all, is not a bed of roses. It's more like a bed of thorns. Right? Because sometimes it hurts to get to the other side of greatness, right? But you're worth the effort. Your time is worth the effort. Your life is worth the effort. Your success is worth the effort. Now, old saying, right? Where where your attention goes, your energy flows, that's a very, very real and important state. Right? Because see those who focus on Tao, and you know, Tao is a is an ancient an ancient tradition, right? But those who focus on Tao will be one with Tao. So you could always say those who focus on success will be one with success. Those who study the power of success will be the powerful people of success. Those who focus on failure, well, they're gonna be failures. I saw. Uh, a video today, right, of a guy, and in the video, you know, the guy, he uh, he had a Maserati, and his Maserati had the tags uh, on the back of it, and the tag said failure, <laughs> but this guy, he drove a Maserati, but he got into it with, with the other guy, and they specifically got into it because of the fact that um, 
you know, the 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 uh the the valet was was driving his Maserati. He didn't like that, right? He he did not want the valet driving his Maserati. Right? And so that was a really important thing to see because the valet was driving his Maserati because he wanted to envision himself as being successful, right? While the guy that was actually driving the Maserati had tags that said failure, and he was getting in the guy's ass regardless. He was joyriding in his car, right? But, so remember, where your attention goes is always where your energy will flow. So you could say that that ballet's attention was going towards success versus going towards failure, right? So he was directing his energy flow to a successful place, right? Now, we get what we cultivate in our lives, okay? So it's like to see our thoughts take root in our experience. So if we focus on the power of ourselves, we become the powerful. Remember that. Okay. Now, the third agreement is don't make assumptions. Don't ever assume shit. Excuse my French, but don't excuse shit. Don't excuse or make assumptions about anything. And don't assume anything. Right? So, you've heard it before, right? When you assume you make an ass out of you and me, right? So don't excuse your assumptions and don't excuse or assume anything about somebody else, okay? See, the trouble about getting into making assumptions is that the closest people to us, right, the people that we think we know, right, the people that we think we can believe in, Often are the people who will fail you. Isn't that assumption, right? That's a big assumption. A lot of times, the motherfucker who's going to come through for you will be somebody you don't even know. Right? So don't don't place the burden on people that you love, right, of assumption. Because most times, those people will fail you. Right? They'll, they'll let you down, right? It's a... It's a um, it's a cause of suffer versus freedom, right? So, I mean, does this sound familiar, right? How about the assumption that your love will change someone or their love for you will make them want to change? You ever been in a relationship with somebody and, and you love them and you expect it because you love them that they would change? No. Right? And then they kept doing the same shit over and over. And you're like, well, I love you. But why don't you change? That's an assumption. See, imagine the day that you stop making assumptions with your partner and eventually with everybody else in your life. The way that you communicate will change completely and your relationships, right? So then you ain't going to suffer from the conflicts that are created by mistaken assumptions. They're just assumptions. So don't make an ass out of you and me by assuming. Always remember that you can't take shit personal. Now, I'm going to give you a bit of a cure here. And, you know, I, when I was in the fifth grade, I had a teacher, and he um, he gave me question cards. <laughs> I could, Mr. Cunningham, I still remember this, this guy, right? And he gives me question cards because he says, Joe, you ask too many questions. 
So I'm going to limit your questions to five questions a day. You, you get five questions a day. So this man really literally sat there and wrote me five question uh, cards. And once I got to my fifth question of the day, I couldn't ask no more goddamn questions. And to me, that was a stifle. See, I'm the type of brother, you, you can't tell me something for face value. Because I'm going to ask your ass four, five, ten different ways until I get an answer that not only does it feel right, but an answer that seemingly probably is right. That's just how my brain works, right? When I was, you know, when I worked with kids and I taught kids, I used to let kids ask me questions as you want to. Sometimes asking questions gets you where you need to be. Okay. See, the way of peace begins with self-acceptance, right? To seek peace outside is to leave it behind. It's a it's an act of uh, what you would call personal authenticity. Okay. Now, the fourth agreement, and I like this agreement because you know I was a Boy Scout, and this is one of the the major agreements of being a scout is to always do your best. When you're working in your business, when you are attaining to be an entrepreneur, a business owner, you have to always do your best. See, self acceptance versus being a perfectionist. That's torture. Loving oneself versus never quite being good enough, that's also some torture. Just do your best. Do the best you can. Show up. Be impeccable with your word. Be true to who you are and to your word. Right? And slow down and pay attention versus multitasking and making mistakes. Right? If you want to be efficient in business, you have to slow down and pay the fuck attention. That is a, um, that's almost an innuendo, right? See, when you do your best, you learn to accept yourself. But see, the question then arises is, if you're doing your best, right, and you're making mistakes, are you doing your best? Of course you are. See, every day you should make a mistake. But the mistakes should be obviously less and less, but you should learn from your mistakes, you got to be aware of the mistakes that you make. You got to learn from the mistakes that you make. And you got to practice every day. It's like being a piano player. If you are a pianist, you have to be, uh, be able to sit in front of a piano every day and mess up on the notes, right? If you're a producer, you got to be willing to make some trash ass beats every day until you get to the point where your beats are so fire, everybody is clamoring for them. Right? See, the more you practice, the more you increase your awareness, because practice makes perfect. Okay? Now, let's talk about what's known as the principle of harmonious action, right? And, um, you know, people don't waste time wearing, uh, putting effort into things, right, that don't really affect them, right? They, they take risks, right? And they live with commitment, right? And these are people who are committed. Right? So you should live deliberately. You should do things deliberately. See, uh, the, the, the whole Tao Chi thing, and, you know, Tao Chi is, like I said, it, it's almost a way of life for some people. But the whole Tao Chi thing, it teaches people to cooperate with natural patterns in the world, almost with nature life. That's the principle 
of harmonious action, right? Blending with the energies around you while imposing your will on other life forms. Excuse me, while not imposing your will on other life forms. You're never supposed to impose yourself. You start imposing your will on other people, it then becomes a problem. You're not living in harmony and balance. Okay? Now, something that's really important in business and just dealing with people in general is forgiveness, right? It's forgiveness. Remembering that forgiveness is forgiving. Like, literally, right? So, to make an apology real, we got to follow through with commitment not to repeat the offense again. It's forgiveness. So, it's okay to look at the big picture. But remember that the small details of what you do, right, make up the whole. Right? So pay attention to what you think Pay attention to what you say Pay attention to the effect of What you say and how it has on those Around you Don't assume that you know a damn thing And when someone else makes the assumption About you Don't take it personally They can't see you Not really If somebody makes an assumption about you And it's a bad assumption about you right? Then they don't really know you I haven't really taken the time to get to know you. Now, if you take the time to get to know a motherfucker, you've been around a motherfucker for two, three, four, ten years. Sometimes you can be around somebody for ten years and not know that they have. Like people, sometimes people hide and treat their true selves. But when people start talking about you in a degrading manner, most likely it's got something to do with them. I'm sure we've all been through this before. Right? Most likely it's got something to do with them. So don't take this shit personal, right? And that's a personal thing with success. Okay. Alright. Now, um, those are the four agreements. You know, and keep in mind that anytime you're doing business, you gotta operate with the four agreements, okay? It's really important to operate with four agreements, no matter what business you're in, whether you're in the business of real estate, music. Okay. Whatever, whatever business you're in. Okay. All right, now um, we're going to bring our guest in shortly. But before we do, we're going to go over a few more things with you to help you in your entrepreneurial mindset, to help you to become a better entrepreneur. Okay. Listening to the Entrepreneur Hour right here on the New Revolution Radio Network. I'm your host, Joy Downsell Bay. All right, keep it locked. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. With some more info. Peace to the God. And I know a lot of people misunderstood it, so I want you to be able to say it. Um, I think it was Details Magazine. You talked about, you used the word God, and that's what messed everybody up. But you said you, something to the effect you were a self made God. Explain it. Um, I made up my mind to make a change in my life when I was 16 years old. We are all gods on this planet, every man and every woman. We create life. We can take life. We control what goes into the sea, whether the fish can live or not. We decide if the trees can grow tall. We decide if the children will eat. We are very powerful beings on the planet Earth. And when I said a self-made God, I meant just what I said. Barry White changed his life. Mm-hmm. So you're right. Yeah. 
and people criticize the statement? No, not to my knowledge. It's the first yeah. time I'm hearing about it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, people tend to play down our power. Well, don't worry about it. This next guy do it unless there's God above to do it. There's a lot of things that has to change on this planet Earth that only we can change. Yeah. And until we embrace the fact that we are as powerful uh, as we are as beings, we're going to continue to make the mistakes and allow the mistakes to be made from our children to our adults to our elderly to whatever situation you want to talk about. Okay, we, we got to run to a quick commercial, and they're going to do a cut from the album, and we're waiting for an Isaac Hayes album soon. You sure can invite him. Right. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. <laughs> I want to talk to you and talk to everybody out there about what I have learned is the most important and efficient way to get where you want to be. It's the visual art. I'm not 
pray about it. But if you pray about it and you're not about it, it ain't happening. That's facts right there. Keep it locked. You're tuned in to the hottest radio network on the planet, Evolution Radio. All right, all right, all right. Peace to the gods. We back. I'm your host, Joy Balance, L. Bay, and this is the Saturday Vibe right here on New Evolution Radio. This is the Entrepreneur Hour. Uh, so we got one more short segment, and then we're going to bring in our guest, and we're going to holler at him, and uh, we'll see how he's doing and chop it up with him. All right, so tonight, you know, we, we went over the four agreements, and the four agreements are really important to your success as an entrepreneur, right, and how you move, uh, what you decide to do, uh, you know, how you deal with people, and quite frankly, the type of money that you will make over your period of trying to be an entrepreneur. You know, either you're going to have longevity or you're going to have a short bit of success, right? Or you may not have any success, depending upon your mindset. Okay? So that takes me into my next, uh, my next part here. And I, I want to give you 10 things, right? And, you know, this will help you to launch your business and whatever business you're in, right? Like I said, it doesn't matter what field you're in uh, because, you know, we all need the same basic tools, okay? So, number one, you need to develop clarity around your business model. You know, and I always like to think of, uh, you know, when I was, when I first started producing music years ago, one of the things uh, that I had to learn was how to brand myself, right? Because it's all about branding. And that involves a lot about your clarity in terms of your business model, right? Because when it comes to choosing the right business path, a lot of people are not very clear about what they want, right? So I recommend that you spend time on exploring the right option for you, assess and evaluate the different facets of yourself, uh, the personality, your family, your relationships, your education, your social style, whatever your style is, right? Your environment your age, your interests, your strengths and your weaknesses, and your finances, right? But you need to pay careful attention to your inner voice as your intuition will be your most reliable GPS for you, right? Now, one of the key questions to focus on is what gives you drive, right? What makes you move, okay? Now, the second one, and I, and I like this, right, is... You need to find your niche. Find your thing. Don't try to be nobody else. Don't try to do what other people are doing. Find your thing and do your thing. Right? So you got to be authentic, right? And in general, you know, especially people of color, we, we tend to be pretty authentic with what we do, right? So tap into your inner reservoir. Bring out your talents and share your gifts with people. And then ask yourself this, how can I help people grow and in what ways can I help them deliver value and how can I bring value to my marketplace? Right? This is one of the reasons why I like talking to artists specifically, right? Because each artist is normally pretty different, right? Whether you are a writer, a painter, a rapper, right? They all have a canvas and they paint their authentic self on that canvas, whether it be a physical canvas or a, a beat that they rap to or sing to, right? So these are important things that you need to really dig into 
and find your niche, right? Ask yourself, how can I help people grow? All right? Now, number three, identify your approach to your business or what you consider to be your level of entrepreneurship. Are you going to become the next boss to solve a problem in the market by inventing a product? Are you going to use your skills and talents to package a product or a service? Right? Or are you going to emulate somebody else's business model or are you going to create your own business model? You know, Jay-Z always said, I'm not a business, man. I'm a business, man. Right? So conduct a feasibility study, right? And when I say a feasibility study, right, you need to survey how much of a need there is for your product or your service. It don't matter what market you're in. You got to survey people, right? It's just like, um, you know, if an artist comes out with a, with a new song, right? Before coronavirus, we have listening parties. So you go to a listening party so that you can survey what songs people like and what songs they don't like to give you a better idea of what works for you. So when you consider your customers and your clients, right, you need to add value by asking yourself, what can I deliver and how can I make it more successful to the people who are going to buy my product? See, the approach can always lead to new ways to hone your product and your service and deliver more value, okay? So you always want to be at the mindset of I'm going to deliver some type of value no matter what I'm bringing to the table. I'm going to deliver value, okay? Number four, and I think this is an important one, even if you just write down your goals, but you got to create a business plan. You got to have a plan of action, right? A business plan will always help you remain focused and give you a benchmark in which to gauge your own progress. And in, in addition to that, it's going to have you uh, develop what I like to call your master plan, right? So, you know, when I was writing, um, when I was setting up the tribe, right, one of the, the big things about setting up a tribe was that we had to develop a mission statement and a clear proposition to the government on how we was going to run our tribe so this way we can receive trust fund money, right? Because nobody's just going to give you anything. Even like, look, even with artists, when you go to a record label, they want to know what your plan is. And nowadays, before a, a label will really even sign you, they want to see how much work you put into your own plan, so they know how much work they got to put into you. So get help creating a business plan if you don't know where to start, okay? Have somebody help you. This is a key step in the implementation stage. Not having a plan is going to result in an endless struggle for yourself, right? And, you know, you can ask anybody that's their own boss, right? Bosses write shit down. They make mental notes. We make physical notes. But no matter what, we write shit down. Number five, you need to establish a realistic budget for yourself. Okay? You need to assess the health of your wealth. <laughs> right? So it would also be great if you can afford the option of a wealth or financial manager, but most people can't afford that shit. And that's okay if you can't afford that, right? You need to go get some books, read some things, do some things that'll help you. Okay? All right? Number six. Carve out a creative workspace for yourself, right? So whether you're working from home or office, 
right, or your workspace, right, you need to have somewhere, or, or studio, you need to have somewhere that you can go, right, where you can have a creative workspace to do things that's going to uh, benefit you in the long run, okay? A defined place where your work is carried out, where you feel comfortable bringing into the world what it is that you want to present to the world, okay? Seven, you need to execute daily action steps. So all the planning in the world, I mean, all the planning in the world will result in a failure if you're not willing to take the action that it takes to get to where you're trying to go. That's literally what it is, right? So you got to take baby steps. You got to break down your company goals into sub-goals. You got to execute things on a daily basis, right? So, for, for example, right, when I was setting up Make More Commerce, right, one of the things that um, that I did was I wrote down the products that I had, the products that I wanted to create, right, and where I wanted to see my products grow within a year, five years, ten years. So it's a time frame. Set a time frame for yourself on where you want to go, right? Okay? Number eight, and this is really important in any business that you're in, any business model, is you need to recruit support, right? So in general, people tend to shy away from networking and recruiting, and I don't know why, right? I mean, you know, if it wasn't for Instagram, a lot of people probably wouldn't even network with each other, right? Facebook, things like that, right? So people actually have gotten away from doing uh, face-to-face, hand-to-hand networking. So you got to enlist the support of your family, your friends, your associates, right? And you got to use your online and your offline networks as well. So then you embrace things like Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, right? Uh, 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 what's the other one? Um, what's the other one? I can't think of it right now. It's uh, the one for businesses. It's not coming right to me. Um. Damn it, it's not coming to me. Y'all know what I'm talking about, so. It's, it's, it's for business owners. Okay? Anyways, what I'm saying is just recruit some support. Go somewhere where you can get some financial support, some type of mentorship. Okay? Oh, LinkedIn, that was what it is. I'm, I don't know why it went right over my head. LinkedIn, now. Okay? LinkedIn is a really good one. If you don't, uh, if you don't know other people in your field, get on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a really good place to go. All right? It's a really good place to go. Because you're going to find other people in your field who's doing the same thing, who's, who's trying to make the best out of what they have by networking. Okay? So, number nine, deliver your best. Always deliver by creating the highest value possible. Always. Whether you're doing something on a pro bono basis for free, you're getting paid for it, Try to do it with the intention of adding more immense value, right? You know, a lot of rappers would just rap for free in the streets before they ever got paid to rap on the stage. Okay? Think about that. So, you always got to do your best. Strive to over-deliver on whatever you promise. When we create something, we deliver from this angle. Then success almost is bound to follow because why? You're doing things with a direct intention to be the best that you can be and that's really part of the four agreements. Okay? And finally, number 10. 
enlist a mentor or a coach. I can't say that enough. Get you a mentor or a coach or somebody who knows the ropes. Right? See, the journey of an entrepreneur is not an easy one. Not, not even by a long shot. Right? That's why it's important to learn from people who've been through the same shit that you're trying to go through. Find a good mentor, right? Or a productivity coach, right? Somebody that you can listen to, learn from their advice, get the help when you need it, right? Because a mentor or a coach is going to also hold your ass accountable. You want somebody to hold you accountable. This is why people who, who um, you know, they get a little overweight and they want to work out, they're going to be an accountability partner, right? So somebody can say, hey, you need to get your ass up and come work out today. You know you need to get up and work out, right? It's an accountability thing, okay? See, I believe that you want to possess a great ability, right, to start up and sustain, right? You have to be accountable for your own actions, and you want to hold other people accountable, okay? All right, so remember, stick to the script, man. All right, so we're going to bring in um, right after this. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll play one of his songs, actually. And uh, we'll bring the young brother in and holler at him. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very interested to talk to this young brother. You know, he's out here doing his things in the music industry, you know, and he's making the way. And it's always good to talk to up-and-coming people because you don't never know where they're going to be, right? You don't never know what level of success they're going to reach, Right? So, if you want to be featured, make sure that you send me an email, make more comments at Gmail, or New Evolution Radio at gmail.com, all right? If you want to be featured, we'll bring you on, we'll talk to you about your business, what you do, who you are, okay? Your brand, how you brand yourself, okay? So, we'll be right back. You're sitting right here on the Saturday Vibe and the Entrepreneur Hour on the New Evolution Radio Network. I'm the HMIC. We'll be right back. Peace to the gods. I'm about to catch a homicide I'ma up that pole 
Yeah, your rap man. How did you get your rap? Oh yeah, so damn, it's a long story on how I got my name, but I'm, I'm gonna tell you like, all right, so and the history with me rapping, I was writing up until I could say I was like 17, 18. It was on and off, but my boy, rest in peace, his name Kyler, that was like my right hand. He seen me really like not like I used to freestyle, and he really liked the way I rap. So he was like, bro, you gotta get in the studio. You gotta actually get some experience in the studio so I went in there a couple times but then after he passed away he passed away not too long after that and then that's when I took it serious and I decided to like really pursue it so that's when I really started turning up with music yeah but as far as my name it's crazy because before my rap name used to be uh Junior G (laughs) it was I don't know why I had that as my name that was my name but it didn't stand out really so I would always brainstorm, like, how to come up with a name. And so one day, because it was me and my brothers, for me, we used to maneuver a lot. So it was times where we'd sleep in the car just because we out there, you feel me? And we had to maneuver. So we would sleep right. in the car, and then I, I'm telling them, I'm like, bro, I need a rap name. And then that's when one of my brothers came up with it because Bigger was already part of my name. And Don, I always, you know, I wanted that to be a part of my name because it means, like, you a boss. You don't got to work for nobody. And then one of my brothers right. was like, how about you just put them together, feel me? And then I'm like, yeah, I'm going to run with it. And ever since then, I ran with Bigger Don. Okay, that's cool. That's real cool. So tell me a little bit about, um, you know, because I, I listen to a few of your songs. and like, I, I like your song, No Label. And so I, I, yeah. I'm understanding that you're with a label now. Is that correct? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, for sure, yeah. People okay. on the label. So how long did you rock independently? Uh... I, I linked with them, I could say about, like, me and my manager linked, I could say about the top of the year, like, January, like, okay. early this year, yeah, but oh, okay. he been had his eyes on us, and I been knew about PBM, you know, who was just, but then it was, like, the right time we just locked in. Okay, so, so let me ask you this, thing. so before you got signed, obviously you was putting your work in, you was doing your thing, right, you was... You was, you was working your way to getting a deal. So what kind of yeah, sure. uh, what kind of work did you put in yourself, right? And you know, give us the idea of you know what kind of money came out your pocket, like for studio time, things like that, um, to help you get to a point where you was getting noticed. Oh yeah, so this is how it happened. So I could say it was like that for about probably like a year, almost two years before I met my manager. I was like, so I'll. Because normally, people out here, like where I'm from, Trent, New Jersey, like there's a lot of videographers local, so they'll charge like 100, 200 for videos. But I'm like, I wanted my quality to be real different. So I was always trying to be bigger than the town. Like I'll look up people from outside of the city, you know, stuff like that. And so my videos was always from like 800 to $1,000. So I'll work. I'll go to these nine to fives. I'll work. I'll save up. Boom. Do a video. But before, it was harder because it's like, I got to save up first for studio time to record a song. So I record a song, then it's like, okay, I want to shoot the video to it. So now I got to work again for probably like two, three more weeks to afford a video for it. And I'm putting, I'm basically just putting all my money into it. Then when it's time to shoot the video, I got to go get an outfit. And it was like that for for a mm-hmm. while. Yeah, so I, I was just so you was, so you, you grinding was my way up. For sure. 
Yeah, yeah for sure. Okay. So now, Even, as, a, um, as an artist that's signed, how much of that do you mm-hmm. still have to do on your own? Man, I ain't going to lie. Like, I'm blessed to be in the position I'm in right now. Only thing I really got to focus on is hard work and stay dedicated and hungry. Because my manager, that's like my big brother. My whole team is a family. So it's like, you know, it's everybody putting in the work with me now. It's not just myself and all on myself. You feel me? So now it's just left with me to keep being hungry, keep creating music and keep pushing so I can get bigger and better. Because right now I'm, in, I'm blessed to be where I'm at. Absolutely, absolutely. So tell me, what what um, what are your mentors, man, when, when it comes to, to music and just being a – you know, I like to call rappers entrepreneurs, you know. And then, and then when you, when you yeah. take a deal, a lot of that, you know, before you even get uh, a deal, like you said, you're doing most of that work yourself. So, you know, Bigger Don, you know, that's essentially a boss. So, you know, what, what kind of people would you say that – were your uh, mentors, the people that you look up to? As far as, okay, I could say, as far as, like, real life, I say my mom, like, my mom, because I seen, like, you know, when my dad left and stuff like that, my mom stepped up, and she was grinding. She was really doing what she had to do to provide for the family. And even though my dad wasn't really, you know, in my life like that, I also could say, like, I learned a lot from him, too. Everything he wanted in life, he went up and got it. Like, he wasn't lazy. Even though he ain't really give much to me and my brother, we still watched him grind and be where he want to be. Like, he ain't even graduate from high school, and he getting paid. Like, my dad making bread. So, like, just from that motivation, just looking at them, it made me more motivated. And the fact that they was poor in Africa, and they came and they made a life for themselves in America is like, you know, it, it did something to me. It motivated me more. As far as celebrities, though, I listen to pop, you know. Uh, a lot of people from the Chicago era, like Dirt, Keith, and all of them, like Meek Mill, all the stuff that they did, because they came out of a city similar to mine. So everything they did and everything they'll talk about, they'll talk about their mistakes. And, you know, they'll try to give games, so I'll absorb that, and then I'll use it in my everyday life. And as far as now, like, I can say me and my brothers, we all we got, we helped raise each other. So we was mentoring each other. We was trying to teach each other what I don't know my brother know and what he don't know I know. So we was helping each other. But now that I came this far with the experience I got now, I can say my real mentor right now is my manager. Like He teaching me a lot. A lot of stuff I didn't know he giving me game on. He teaching me he want to see, you know, he helping me throughout the way. It's deeper than just, you know, a music and that type of bond, like, business is, is deeper it's like we we became family and so he he trying to teach me stuff that'll stick from, with me for the rest of my life too and it helps absolutely absolutely i can appreciate that so let, let me ask you this bro um you know and i and i know that you're from trenton new jersey and i know trenton yeah. is is not is not normally the easiest place to come up so nah, sure. how, how do you feel how do you feel that the environment you was raised in uh, helps to, uh, I would say, shape your music, you know, in terms of, you know, a political side or, or social, uh, you know, with all the Black Lives Matter and stuff like that going on. How do you feel your music plays into that, you know, especially with where you grew up at? Yeah, all right, so I ain't going to lie. Like, my city, 
if if I wasn't from Trinity, New Jersey, I wouldn't even be me, like, right now. For real, for real. Like, everything I've been through, I got a story to tell. Everything we see in this city is different. And I'm glad I was born, like, I was born in Bronx, but I'm glad I was raised in Trinity, New Jersey, because everything helped me build character. Like, it helped my, I don't mm-hmm. know how to explain it, but it, it, it helped me, like, I don't know how to really explain it, but it's like, you know, you got to stand up. You got to be a man for yourself. You can't always have fear in your heart. You got to maneuver a certain type of way. You got to, you know, so basically everything I've been through and everything I've seen, it's so much foul stuff going on over here. I chose to separate myself and just, you know, stick more on the music because a lot of the, like, I I took other routes, but then as I was getting older, like, my friends and the stuff we was doing, they still doing the same thing. They still on them same blocks. Ain't doing nothing. Feel me? So I'm like, nah, right. bro. I, I ain't gonna lie. I don't want to be. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to be in Trenton my whole life. Like, I'm not about to be standing over here doing the same thing for the rest of my life. So that's when me and my little brother, we just bossed up. We like, bro, we gotta take music serious too. Like, we gotta find a path and just keep pushing and pursuing our dreams. And I ain't gonna lie, it's paying. It's paying off. It's working. Cause now everybody in my city looking at us. We got kids that I could picture myself in their shoes at 13, 14, coming to me for advice, you know, like taking pictures with me and asking me what's the best thing to do. And it's a blessing to just even be a, like, that's you know, a, a figure in your yeah, city. That's, for real. that's real dope. That's real dope. Yeah. That's real dope, man. And, and you, you becoming a mentor yourself. Yeah, for sure. So tell me this, bro. How, how did you... How did you seek out your opportunities, man? You know, because I know it's not—it's not always a lot of opportunities. You know, even like talent shows, things like that. What, what? What made you really get into this and start seeking out opportunities? And how'd you find it? Man, all right. I ain't gonna lie. I always—it was—I never. When I started this, I had zero opportunities coming to me. No nothing. Like, even my first time in the studio, it was—I uh, was in a home studio. It wasn't really nothing major, but. I just had a plan, and I'm like, bro, I want a better quality, so I got to research. You got to put in work. I was researching. I was going on the internet. I was trying to find studios with good quality near me. You know, everything I was doing, I was trying to make sure I do my best in. So, I, like, as I started doing that, and I also got faith in God, too, because, you know, like, my mom, too, I watched her life. Like, you know, we blessed. So I pray mm-hmm. a lot, and then everything I pray for, if I work hard, it'll come. So with time... Everything I look, even like the bad thing, I look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I turn the bad thing. Even if something bad happened, I look at it like it happened for a reason. Like, so this is what I did. I'm like, bro, I got to get noticed. So my first video where I really got noticed in my city, like to give me even a name in my city, I worked hard. I got a good quality studio. I recorded a song, and then I, I got a videographer. I paid 800 for that video, and then it came out nice. So the town was was messing with it. They like hell yeah. So they was pushing it. But then you know I started going, moving around more, and then I started coming across more and more opportunities. But for some reason it's like it's crazy because where I'm at now, I actually got snaked into this position. Like I had a video a videographer who I grew a bond with. I called him like my brother, and he was charging me less, like two hundred fifty dollars probably. But he was. He was really charging other people like a thousand plus. Like he, he, his work was great. So I'm like, you know what? Okay. I'm gonna work. So he was yeah, looking I'm out for. I'm gonna work with bro. Like, yeah. So, so you know, 
that was a blessing. So we, he shot no label too. So we, we was moving. I'm like, okay. So everything was moving. And then that's when he just started acting funny out of nowhere. And he just snaked me. Like, uh -huh. you, you know the video you just played that was on Worldstar? Traumatized? Yep. 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 He shot that the very first time. That was our second time shooting. Nice that. video too. Thank you. Appreciate it, bro. He shot Absolutely. that the first time, but he he ended up deleting it. So I'm like, damn. I'm like, all right, man. Since he deleted that video, and and he like, mind you, before him, a couple other videographers try to snake me. Like they try to shoot my video, but I got my money back. You know, feel me? But. They was just always acting mm -hmm. weird, but this particular one, the whole team was mad. We like, man, the whole team was down. I'm like, bro, everything happened for a reason. I'm like, I'm about to research. I'm about to find better videographers. You about to boss up. Like, everything happened for a reason. So I, when I found them, they was linked with my manager. You feel me? Then they kind of like introduced mm. us to our manager. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If it wasn't for me being, and that's safe, how you got. That's how you got where you at. Yeah, it took, exactly. it took getting stepped on a couple of times for you to get to where you, you know. That's funny, man, because it always happens in life, man. You know, it sometimes it takes getting railroaded a little bit to get where you really need to be. Exactly, and so like you know, it's crazy how that opportunity prevented uh, presented itself in that way, and it's like that was a blessing. And then I told the team too. I'm like, bro, watch when this when this video drop. When we shoot the, the next time we shoot this video, when we come across better videographers. It's going to be a bigger drop than it would have been if we dropped it now. And it's crazy because it mm -hmm. did. It went on Worldstar and it got a lot of views, thousands of views. So let me ask you this, brother. Um, you know, and, and yeah. you know, with, with doing a lot of things yourself, uh, was your money or was it to get noticed? Like, as far as me rapping? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, my main goal was really, damn, it's crazy because, all right. So since I was young, I always pictured myself being famous. I had a passion. I got a passion for music. So it was more so my passion, but I knew that it turned into me being noticed and me getting money. But I wasn't really worried about the money right away. I just really wanted to get noticed. But the whole objective behind it was for a better life for me and my family in the future. So, of course, the whole objective behind it is money. But at the end of the day, it's like Absolutely. the work I was putting in was really to, to be noticed. It was to be noticed because I had a passion for music. Yeah. So were you were you able to monetize your music in the beginning in terms of like iTunes sales or, or anything of that nature in the beginning? Uh, be Yeah, before, before my label, before I could be signed with my independent label, it was it took me like a year to find out how to do it, but I, I actually did do it. But then I, I realized you had to like buy beats and you know, all this other stuff. But yeah, I did do it. And then I was, I was getting paid. And then also we was getting, I was getting paid from local shows. Cause I did a lot of local shows and I was charging like two, 300 for a show. And I was getting a lot of shows. So I was doing my thing out here in, in, in the city. So it, it was helping me, you know, but when I got actually came to my label, everything just became way better and easier and smoother than it was before. Yeah, that, that, that's the whole that's the whole good thing about a label. They they take care of a lot of the things that that you can't do on the spot yourself. You know, they, yeah, their sure. job is to make it a little bit easier. 
For sure, bro. Because before, I had to be the one to be like, I had to book shows for myself. I had to, well, people would come to me. So I'm like my manager. Then at the end of the day, I got to check emails and I got to do this and do this. And it was just too much. Like a lot of stuff now that only thing now I really got to worry about is whatever my manager tell me, oh, you got to interview this time. You got to do we doing a show or we got a video this day. Like before everything was all in my hands and it was harder because I had to, I had to work. I couldn't even miss work because if I miss work, then my money's short and I can't even afford whatever I schedule. You feel me? Or it was just a lot mm-hmm. going on. For me, I I didn't I didn't do shows at 3 a.m. when I like risky shows in the town where I did, you know, and then I got to right. leave from there. I got work in like yeah, and then I got work in like three hours. I'm tired, so it was a lot of <laughs> long nights and hard work. No doubt. So, 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 let me ask you this, man. Um, you know, who who, who would you say your, your music? Uh, well, well let, let me rephrase it. What's the best audience for your music? You know, and who are you trying to reach? I ain't gonna lie. Like as far as the story I'm telling right now, I would say is like you know them kids that's in these part these, these these inner cities that's rough. Cause I'm telling my story, so I know they can relate. But I'm let I'm trying to get to a point where you know I want to message. I want to give out message where it's like, but so everybody can relate. It's deeper than just you know a certain like a limited you know that's limited. I want everybody to relate to my music. I want to just keep elevating. But for now, I'm trying to reach the people in the same position as me because I want to tell them like I want to let them know that is a way out. You don't, you're not stuck forever. You just got to grind hard and you're going to make it out. Because I, before, I was in issues and I'm thinking it's impossible to even get more than 50,000 views on a song or get noticed or, you know, get pushed or have labels, know, look like knowing who you are, anything like that, coming from where I'm coming from. So it's like, it's a blessing, bro. And so I'm trying to reach out to them right now and let them know, like, it's a way. You just got to stay focused. But really, I'm trying to reach everybody. I want my music to touch everybody in the world. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm really grateful that you're on, man. You know, I hope that large sums of money come to you, brother, quickly and easily. You Appreciate know. you, bro. You too. Without, yeah, absolutely. You know, without any problems. And um, well, let me ask you, man. Where have you, you know, like in terms of cities, what cities have you done shows in? And what cities? You still to go and uh, put what parts of the country? All right. So when I so recently when I got signed to my label, before we could do any like big shows, coronavirus hit. So I didn't really get to like go nowhere really. But before, when I was doing shows and just like local shows, I did shows in Philly. I did shows in uh, Bristol. It was, like all over PA. I did shows in uh, Trenton, New Jersey, of course. And like the outskirts of train New Jersey, like other cities in Jersey. So I just been doing local shows. But when, when I was really supposed to start doing big shows and getting out there more, uh, Corona hit. So it was like, you know, it, it kind of slowed down the process. But everything happened for a reason. I ain't tripping. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready but to you, work. That, that's the beauty of the internet, though, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Because the internet keep everything going. Like it don't stop. Right, well, you don't stop, don't mm-hmm. stop. So I, I want to more questions, but I want to go to your song, No Label. If that's okay, you want to tell us a little. 
Yeah, it's funny because last year, <laughs> I recorded that song last year. This was way before I was signed, too. So when I recorded that song, I was really, that song, it mean a lot to me because I was really going through, like, a lot. Like, that was probably the worst point of my life ever because I had just, I had graduated high school. I, I couldn't get no job. Every, my mom frustrated, like, everything going bad. I, I'm over here stressing about, like, what to drop. My thought, my creative process was just all over the place. Like, I couldn't think much. Like, you know, I had writer's block. I couldn't really think because I had too much going on in my life. I was really in a dark place. But then one day I called my big brother because he was in college. So I'm like, bro, I'm trying to come up there, like, and spend a weekend or, or something. I got to get away because my, my mind right now is like, I can't really think straight, bro. Like, I'm going to lose it. So that's when he took me over there. And then it's funny because I wanted to rap on his other beat. And then he like, nah, bro, you heard that no set, that no label beat? I'm like, yeah, but I ain't really feeling it. But he knows me more than anybody, though. Like, he really know my sound. So he like, you know what? This kid hard-headed. I'm going to just play the beat. And as soon as he played it, I'm like, damn, I feel this. I just started freestyling. And then I'm like... I, I put my phone down and I, I hit record, and then everything that I was going through in my life at that moment just started coming to me, and I just start saying everything. And I went and I recorded that same night, and then from there that brought me back. I ain't gonna lie, after I recorded that, that brought me back in, in my city. Like it, it brought me back. Like, it helped me reach more people. It made me relevant again because I was already relevant, but it's like I couldn't, I didn't drop in a while. People was wondering what happened. As soon as I dropped that, it went up. Like, they, yeah, they you know, I went through a lot of your songs, man, and that actually was the, that was my favorite out of all the ones that was on your YouTube page. Appreciate it, bro. Yeah, that song mean a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Lot. So, let's get into it, man, and, and check it out, man. This is, um, you want to introduce the song? Yeah, uh, this is Bigger Don, No Label, man. No Label Remix. Y'all go listen. Tune in. All right, we'll be right back. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't want a label, no, no. I don't want a label. I don't want a label. Oh, no. I don't want a label, no, no. Oh, no. I don't want a label. I don't want a name. I don't give a fuck, I don't care about the fame Shit is getting ugly, cause you screaming fuck me And you say you love me, but it ain't the same And it touched up Tyler Why you had to die? Why you had to be a homicide? It was many nights a nigga cried Cause my nigga in the sky And my mama found it out She cried, but she didn't kick me out, no I think your mama and I'ma make you proud I swear that I'ma buy you a house, I'ma buy you a house I was riding down late, mama didn't know what to do We was coming home around two, we was busting moves Nigga, it was me and my crew, we was sleeping in the V And she didn't have and my a mama drive the bus now One day she gon' have a bus down In the field trying to get a touchdown Nigga sleep, I'ma wake him up now I'ma wake him up, wake him up I'm now label, and we play with Draco Leave you on the shirt with a halo and I got some killers on the payroll Do what I say so, for the pay so Boy, you better lay low when I say so And I look up to the sky And I ask myself why Why Kyla had to die Why Bandana had to go Rest in peace to Uncle Joe and Auntie O I don't want a label, no We 
And another thing, if this is what you want to do, you got to stick to it. And don't let nobody tell you nothing. Don't let nobody speak no negative stuff into existence. Just keep speaking positive stuff into existence. Just keep working on your craft and try and get better. And I promise you, your time going to come. It's going to come. Absolutely. Now, now, bigger. Our, our audience is um is, is worldwide, right? And we, yeah. we 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 look at ourselves as um, a station with information and education. And so, I think you, you brought some good education, man, today for people, you know, who who may not have have known what your side of the world looks like. Um, and so, I you know, I always invite you to come back. Uh, if you drop another station, you're always welcome to come back. Yeah, absolutely. You're always welcome to come back on the show. Uh, you know, if you just want to come on and talk to the people, you want to come drop another single, you always can do that, man. And uh, you can network with me uh, through uh, social media. And, um, you know, I'll make sure that I can to, to play your music on the air, man. No, no problem. Yeah, appreciate it, bro. Yeah, I, I just followed you back, yeah. too. So. Okay. But, yeah, I'm going to definitely be back, bro. I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward to coming back, even after, you know, the Grammys and stuff like that, yeah, just so I could talk Absolutely. about, you know. <laughs> Absolutely, because over here, man. You know. Yeah, for sure. Anything, anything else you want the people to know before you get out of here? Hey, man. If you don't know who Bigger Don is, I promise you, you gonna know by like soon. I'm gonna just say soon. <laughs> before the end of 2020 and going into 20, the first quarter of 2021, Bigger Don gonna be everywhere. Y'all just remember, y'all heard it here first. You heard it here first, my man, Bigger Don. Yo, Bigger Don, bro, thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy and coming on, dropping that fire with us, bro. You're welcome to come back anytime. Hey, man, appreciate you. I'm definitely be back. I'm looking forward to it. No doubt, God. I'll be in touch with you, man. Take care. All right, you too. All right, peace. All right, y'all, that was Bigger Don. Uh, we appreciate him coming on. Uh, listen, this is the Entrepreneur Hour, man. Y'all know what it is, New Evolution Radio Network. All right, if you want to get with me and holler at me, if you want to come on uh, and be a guest and tell us about who you are and what your business is, make sure y'all hit my email, makemorecommerce at gmail.com, newevolutionradio at gmail.com. All right, and uh, we're going to take a quick break. Call lines are open if you want to ask a question or a comment. You know, I'm uh, happy to take some questions and comments. So we'll be right back after these messages. Keep it locked. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after these messages on Evolution Radio. <laughs> but you always knew that this is where you wanted to be. This is what I you knew want. I wanted to be in show business. Yeah. And I just happened to luck out and things happened. I think you know, you know, you, if you, you know what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Deep down inside, I think everybody does. And a lot of people just don't go after it. You know, and like most people start out, they say, I want to be a this, but I'm going to get that to make sure I have something to fall back on. Yeah. And what you're doing is you're setting yourself up a fade because you're going, there's a possibility that I'm going to fall back. And when you put that out there, then you fall back. But if you just say, hey, this is what I want to do, and you go do it, you usually get your stuff the way you want it, man. That's what, um, yeah.
Saturday Vibe. Uh, we will be on the air tomorrow, as always, in the bottom line. Come get that information. All right, that helps change the nation. Uh, we'll be here tomorrow. Uh, real quick, before we get out of here, uh, car lines are open if you want to holler at me before we get out of here. Um, but I just want to review our four agreements, right? Uh, before we get out of here, just so you know, y'all can carry that into whatever else you do, all right? So, the first agreement. Right, as always, is be impeccable with your word. Mean what you say, say what you mean, follow through, right? Second one is don't take anything personally, right? Sometimes it ain't always about you, right? Sometimes it's about other people. Right? And don't take nothing personal. You know, people people always will say things, you know, or do things that may not be to your best interest, right? And sometimes it might just be about them. Right? So don't take anything personal. Number three is don't make any assumptions. Remember, if you make an assumption, make an ass out of me and you when you assume. Or you and me <laughs> when you assume, right? And number four, always do your best, right? Be a stand-up person. Do the best you can. And carry yourself in that manner, right? So with that being said, man, this has been the first episode of the Saturday Vibe and Entrepreneur Hour. Uh, next week, we'll have my guy on, uh, and he's going to come on, man, next week and drop some information for y'all, man, on how the whole game works when it comes to producing, man. I look forward to having my man D-Rock on, all right, and, uh, week after that, we'll have Kathy, uh, hopefully, if it fits with her schedule, we'll have Kathy on. Kathy is a PR. She's going to come on and drop information about brand management, things of that nature, and how she does her work. All right, so I look forward to having her. And if you want to be featured, man, hit me up. Even if you ain't in the music industry, man, hit me up. You got a business. If you're a welder, right, if, if you're a pipe fitter, nigga, just holler at me. Let's get you on the air, all right, and let's hear about your business. Let's get you some exposure, all right, because this is more about getting exposure and learning, right, and learning ways to increase our productivity, okay? So with that being said, um, I'm going to leave y'all with audio. It's been a pleasure, and I'll check y'all tomorrow, man. Peace to the gods. There will be days where you will ask yourself, where is all this going? What is the purpose? What is my purpose? In high school, I thought I'd discover my life's purpose when I could answer that age-old question. What do you want to be when you grow up? Nope. In college, I thought I would discover it when I could answer, what's your major? Not quite. I thought that maybe I'd discover it when I found a good job. Then I thought I just needed to get a few promotions. That didn't work either. I kept convincing myself that it was just over the horizon, around the next corner. Nothing worked and it was really tearing me apart. Part of me kept pushing ahead to the next achievement, and the other part kept asking, is this all there is? 
I've often said that I wished people could realize all their dreams and wealth and fame and so that they could see that it's not where you're going to find your sense of completion. I realized one night in LA that the purpose of my life had always been to free people from concern. I can tell you from experience, the effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. When you work towards something greater than yourself, you find meaning, you find purpose. When you keep people at the center of what you do, it can have an enormous impact. All life is interrelated. We are all bound together into a single garment of destiny. But under the sky, under the heaven, man, there is but one family. It just so happened, man, that people are different. That's the only thing that's important, really. Letting each other know we're here. Reminding each other that we're part of a larger self. Deep inside of you lives a hero who wants to do something great with your life, who wants to inspire other people, who wants to do creative work, who wants to change the world. Maybe you're so numbed out that you've forgotten who you truly are. The fact that you are alive today means there is a mighty call on your life to do something with the rest of your life. When you're convinced that your cause is right, have the courage to take a stand. Use your minds and hands and your hearts to build something bigger than yourselves. If you see a problem or an injustice, recognize that no one will fix it but you. A change in the world that seems so clear that you are sure someone else is going to do it. But they're not. You will. Ideas don't come out fully formed. They only become clear as you work on them. You just have to get started. How will you serve the world? What do they need that your talent can provide? That's all you have to figure out. I want to do good. I want the world to be better because I was here. I want my life I want my, my work, I want it to mean something. If you are not making someone else's life better, then you're wasting your time. When you wake up in the morning and your life means something to somebody other than you, that you have a purpose, if you don't go do the things that you're going to do, people's lives will suffer. To live in service, not to you, but to live in service to humanity, to live in service to your family, to your church, to your city, to your country, to the world, that is the purest form of joy. Tear down that mirror that makes you always look at yourself, and you will be able to look beyond that mirror, and you will see the millions of people that need your help. Reaching out and helping people will bring you more satisfaction than anything else you've ever done. Measure your impact on humanity, not in lives, but in the lives you touch. Not in popularity, but in the people you serve. There is so much out there conspiring to make you cynical. 
people will try to convince you that you should keep your empathy out of your career. Don't let that noise knock you off course. I found that my life got bigger when I stopped caring what other people thought about me. Yours will too. Stay focused on what really matters. When I look around, I always learn something, and that is to be always yourself and to express yourself, to have faith in yourself, to express oneself honestly, not lying to oneself, and to express myself honestly. That, my friend, is very hard to do. Everything you gain in life will rot and fall apart, and all that will be left of you is what was in your heart. Don't let anything stand in the way of the light that shines through this form. Risk being seen in all of your glory. You are ready and able to do beautiful things in this world. You will only ever have two choices, love or fear. Choose love and don't ever let fear turn you against your playful heart. Many things can contribute to our not approving our dreams, our not feeling good enough. A lot of things can contribute to that. Many of us never live up to our potential or don't approve ourselves because we never had anybody to believe in us. Looking at some of the things that keep us from approving ourselves, that we've all done some things that we don't feel good about. Things that if we had to do those things over again, we would not do those things. Or we would do things differently. So part of what we must do in order to begin to move into your greatness, you got to remove a major energy block. And that is dealing with the issue of forgiveness. People that have hurt you, someone who's done you wrong, make a list and things that you have done that you, you feel bad about, that you regret, make a list. There may be a time when you weren't a good father or a good mother or a good brother or sister or you, you were a bad child or you didn't do a good job or you lied or you were dishonest or you stole. No one knows this but you, or something you feel good about, say, so you know, there's a real dog in me to do that. Something you just really regret. So we make a list of all those things. All of us have some of that. Somebody say there's some good in the worst of us and some bad in the best of us. So none of us escape. Now here's something I want you to do. I want you to become involved in an active process to get some clutter out of your life. So if there's any area in your life that you need to clean up, there's some people who's cluttering up your life. They serve no purpose whatsoever. They're just holding and occupying the space that somebody useful, positive, nurturing, and contributing could be holding that space. You don't even have time to look to see what else is out there because you all have all of these people surrounding you that's not in enabling you to grow. So look at what is it I need to get out of my life. Just start cleaning this stuff out. See, whatever you have in your environment is a reflection of your consciousness. So you got all that chaos there. That represents some disorganized, cluttered section of your mind. So let's get all that out of there, all right? Work to get that out, clean that up. Anybody that you feel very strongly about, have some negative feelings about, let's look at some good reasons to forgive them. Number one, you must try and see what has happened or see things from that other person's point of view. Let's look at it from their point of view. That's, that's one area. That's number one. Then number two, holding a grudge hurts you. It doesn't hurt them. 
So just for good health and peace of mind, let it go. Any feeling of resentment or anger or hatred is called to me the load of bitterness within. Every thought that we entertain produces a chemical in our brain that impacts the body's immune system. And besides, this person you're hating, they probably are not even aware of it. Don't even know you're really hating them. You've turned up the steam. Gone from dislike to hate, intense hate. And here you are killing yourself, making yourself vulnerable to various types of illnesses, putting yourself in bad health. And I say that person is not worth your sacrificing your health or one minute of peace of mind. One minute of anger robs you of 60 seconds of happiness. So decide it doesn't matter. Let it go and experience the dignity and the magnanimous sense of character of being big enough to move on and get on with your life. Letting it go so you can grow. See, we, all of us have greatness within us. But when you don't come to grips with your greatness and you don't work to develop it, if you're not seeking it out, if you're not finding where it is, if you're not trying to locate it, if you're not experimenting with your life to try and find out what fits for you, I'm saying that you're positioning yourself to be a miserable person, an unfulfilled person. How else do we do it? Procrastination. We just put things off over and over and over again. Why? Because we haven't accepted it. We don't feel deserving. We don't feel that we're good enough. So we sabotage ourselves by not ever taking care of business. We get real busy doing a lot of things where we don't have any time. We start doing so many things, we just give our time away until we don't have any time for ourselves or any time to do the things that we want to do. And every time you put it off and move it back, oh, I'll do it one day, oh yeah, I'm going to get to it. I'm saying to you that one day you look around and there goes a year, there goes two years, there goes three years. So is there something you want to do? Do it now. Do it right now. Don't put it off. Start right now where you are. There will never be a perfect ideal time. Whatever you have going for you right now, that's enough. Work on that idea. Work on it. Work on it. Work on it. Watch out with the relationships you have. What kind of person are you becoming because of the relationships that you have right now? Do those people contribute to you? Do they help you grow and develop yourself? What kind of person are you becoming? People who have not accepted greatness for themselves, these people don't study, ladies and gentlemen. These people don't study. They don't have time for personal growth and development. They don't have time to work on their minds. No, they don't have time for that. Too busy for that. To determine the height of your self-approval, it's important that you evaluate yourself because you know you quite well, but it's almost impossible to do it totally by yourself. You must get some caring feedback. Find somebody close enough to you that has observed you or been around you that you value their opinion and ask them how do they see you? How do they rate you in terms of your self-esteem? And then compare what you have with what they say. See, there are things many times that people can see in us that we can't see because it's a blind spot. When someone pays you a compliment, can you handle it well? Can you handle compliments well? That's a good barometer about your self-esteem. Can you handle criticism well? Can you give criticism? What are your expectations? What do you expect to get from life? What do you expect to get from your business? What do you expect to get from your relationships? What is your ideal day? 
What is it that you expect from this experience, this trip, this journey that you're involved in? People that, that have a strong sense of self-approval, they have high expectations for themselves and from life and from others. See, a lot of people don't expect much from life. So they don't shoot for much. They're not preparing for much. A lot of people are just showing up in life. A lot of people just get up in the morning and they go through the day, they go to the job just to pull a check down watching the clock coming in. So you want to be a different kind of person as you forward your life. You want to get something out of this. If you're going to do it, it's worth your time, your energy. You've got some expectations from this. So examine your expectations versus your wishes. Some people wish they could do better. But some people expect to do better. Where are you on that? And love yourself. Make caring for you the highest priority in your life. Take care of you. Look out for what truly satisfies you. We're not taught to love ourselves. We're not taught to look out for ourselves. We're not taught to take care of ourselves, to become sensitive to our wants, to our needs, our, our desires. So make a conscious effort. Make you number one priority. Your peace of mind, your health is more important than your family and any and everybody. Because if you don't have peace of mind, if you don't have your health, you can't serve anybody. Don't neglect yourself. A lot of us, and particularly ladies, have been groomed to be sacrificial lambs. Putting their dreams on the back burner in deference to their children's dreams or their husband's dreams or their family's dreams. And forget about themselves. Then become resentful and angry and bitter. So start taking care of yourself. Looking out for you. Develop a health plan. Your health is all you got. So start taking care of you. Eating nutritious meals. Willing to exercise your body. Taking care of this body. Loving yourself. So do some good stuff for yourself on purpose. Take some time out for you. You can't develop and manifest your greatness. You can't be a high achiever if you don't feel good. You don't take care of yourself. It takes the edge off your life. It helps you to manage things rather than allowing them to manage you. Gives you more personal power to deal with stuff. Take care of you. Now here's something else I suggest for you. Become aware of what your needs are and develop compassion towards yourself despite your human defense. Develop compassion for yourself despite your human defense. You will never be perfect. Hello? You will never be perfect. You're human. You've made a lot of mistakes. You've done a lot of dumb, stupid things. Guess what? You're not through yet. You've got to learn to be gentle with yourself. Make it all right. What you don't know, the mistakes that you make. It's okay. Handle it. Learn from the experience. Decide that you are going to whatever you become involved in to be upfront, to be true to yourself. Are you getting what you need out of it? And be upfront with people and tell them what you need from them. Don't assume that they know. Don't say, I thought you knew. No, tell people up front, here's what I need from this in order for this to work for me. 
Be up front with your stuff. Tell them up front so they're not surprised later on. So your feelings aren't hurt later on. See, if they tell you up front they can't do it, now you know you can keep on stepping. But tell people up front, here's what I want. In order for me to play this game with you, if we're going to dance, this is what I got to get out of it. See, if you don't take care of your needs, guess what? You will always have that nagging song in the back of your mind say, well, when do I get mine? See, we're taught to be quiet and not speak up for ourselves, and not to be selfish. If you don't take care of you, who do you think is going to take care of you? Who's going to look out for you better than you will? No one. No one's going to do that. You got a business? No one's going to take care of your business better than you. Nobody. Nobody. Anything you want to do in life, you've got to take ownership of it and say, hey, I'm going to make this happen. Be willing to venture out and do something that you have fantasized about doing. And you know you probably won't be good at it, but do it anyhow. 